How about that Amber Heard? Do you think she's lying? Oh, I'm sorry. That's the content of every other show this week. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So Philip Jackson and Sherry Smith with you for the Selling on eBay radio show, here to make your eBay business more fun and profitable. Coming up in the show this week, Sherry, we have... Uh, The dates are confirmed for eBay Open and with some in-person events. As you hinted at last time, uh, we'll give you the latest on what's happening with the eBay cyber-stalking cases. And we'll crack open the case of the seller who maybe gave away $26,000. Somewhat suspect, but we'll cover that anyway. So lots of information coming out this week from eBay in the form of a uh, seller check-in call. Um, So anyway, we've got uh, eBay news. Uh, Apparently, uh, the eBay dates for eBay Open this year have shifted slightly. I think last time it was the 19th to 21st of September they suggested as being the planned dates. Apparently now it's confirmed as being 21st to 23rd of September. So that's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I think, Sherry, they said they'd do it in the afternoon. I guess that's their time. So that's afternoon, evening for those of us here in the uh, East Coast. And uh, uh, some other information came out as well, Sherry, right? Yes. So they're going to have three live audience events um, in Austin, New York, and Los Angeles in the, late a- in the last afternoon. So that'll be the um, Friday afternoon, 23rd. They haven't told us any more about exactly where they will be. They strike me as places where eBay has... Certainly Austin and New York have substantial eBay presence. Uh, do they have a big Los Angeles office? I, I don't know. I don't um, know. Whether they're going to rent a place or have it in a lobby or something of an eBay building, that is to be determined. Um, I don't know whether sellers are going to, on their own initiative, organize something. I could think some some groups might might decide to have a little bit of a soiree somewhere and uh, join the join the event uh, in a group form. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, just declare our own watch parties. Very good. And uh, they've also begun to tell us a bit more about the way that uh, we sellers, for example, can get involved in the meeting itself, right? Yeah. Sellers are being asked to host networking rooms and um, fill out applications, I guess, or just say that you're interested and what topic you would do. form where you can express an interest. Uh, I guess you just say what it is you plan to do with your networking room. If you haven't got the link, you can contact us. Uh, We'll forward you the message. Um, You can get in touch with us if you want through our website. That's sellsellsell.online. So that's sellsellsell.online. And um, Sherry, you've done a networking room event before. I think you did uh, hiring (laughs) and firing, right, the last time. If someone hasn't been to one of these things or hasn't been in one of those rooms, what, what should they expect? Well, I'm not sure what's going on in the other rooms um, because I'm just too afraid to leave mine to pop around. Mm -hmm. But um, in my room, I had two, three people, um, but they're very engaged and very much are ready to hire someone. So they were really seeking out the topic. So we had a very busy conversation um, 
about hiring and how to go about it and all the different aspects. So I definitely think that if they go for a room based on a topic, it depends on who's there. Um, it definitely changes as different people join in. Because at last eBay Open, the networking rooms were kind of not very important in the scheme of things, but a few people took the initiative and said, oh, let's set up a networking room and talk about shipping or global selling or whatever it was. And they seemed to get a fair number of people involved. So I think they've latched onto that as being um, a, uh, a good way forward. So we'll, uh, we'll watch out and see how that goes. Um, also, uh, Sherry, there was news about uh, best offers, right? Yes. So in the seller check-in last week, they talked about bundling best offers, which is very exciting because then you have that whole dynamic for facilitating combined shipping. I, I think if they do this successfully, it can be pretty exciting. Uh, don't you think being that you're I think this is actually one of the things I think that I was quite excited by. I'm not a big best offers person, but I do think there are legitimately times when a best offer or some kind of discussion does make sense. And if this gives you a way of doing it smoothly, I think that's that's pretty good. Um, and yes, I don't I don't like best offers just per se, but if there's a genuine change to the proposition, then I think it's a perfectly reasonable dialogue. So if someone says, well, you could definitely fit this inside that, could I buy the pair of them and get a decent price on the postage? Yeah, I would think that's a pretty good discussion. Um, so I, I guess what you'll do is you'll be able to select a number of items and say, okay, my combined offer is this. I don't know whether you get a chance to haggle over the shipping or not, but uh, I'm sure we'll find out in due course. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that's actually a good direction. That's, it depends how they implement it, but... Uh, if we'll it see. works, I am so excited about this because okay. I spend every other day on talking about, well, this is how we can do it if you want to buy this and that because somebody's asking about more than one item. So if I can bundle together an offer, that would solve some of my problems, which I think... The challenge may be coming down to figuring out, okay, we've got a combined let's say it's $100 for three items in a bundle, but how do you allocate out that 100 between the three items in the event that he says, well, I want to return item number two? How much refund would you give them for item number two? And that's one of the things that I kind of strategize a bit if someone says, well, I wanted to buy several things at once, trying to get that mm. set up in a way that um, is fair to both parties in the event there's some kind of uh, adjustment or a, a refund later on. That's a good point, and I didn't think of that. I The way I envisioned this bundled offers, which may be totally incorrect, is if I said, for example, um, I will give you 10% off each one, that hopefully they would show in my offer with their separate discounts and then just add up the total. Mm -hmm. That's what I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll, anyway, that's just been teased <laughs> Make a out there as a, as a future. I will, uh, I'm sure they're listening and we'll have that uh, implemented forthwith. Um, also in the uh, news, not so much from the uh, seller check-in call, uh, but I've been keeping an eye on the respective uh, court cases around the eBay cyberstalking event, which if you don't know what that is, if you Google eBay and cyberstalking in the same box, I'm pretty sure you'll find there's lots of material you could read through at your leisure. So last time we spoke, I think we had the situation where the criminal cases have all now gone to a guilty plea by all the folks concerned. 
And on the civil side of things, uh, we reported a while back that the pretty much everybody involved had uh, signed up to a motion to the judge asking for some time to see if the civil situation could be resolved by means of a, a negotiation or a, a mediated arrangement. And the judge agreed to a 90-day stay on the process to allow that to happen. And I was thinking to myself, well, if I was in eBay's shoes, and, and let's be fair, they've, they've played their hand pretty well on this thing, well, assuming that that's they shouldn't have got in the position in the first place, but having got there. And I was thinking, well, that's quite a clever move. Even if they have no real intention to settle, it allows them to grab 90 days extra time, which is probably enough to see how the criminal case is going to turn out, at least in terms of whether there's actually going to be a court case. Um, and that would then, I think, very much colour um, how they might then go into handling the civil case. Because a court case would involve a lot of testimony, people being on the stand, perhaps saying things that uh, are interesting to anybody else that might be bringing about an action. Uh, there'd be lots of evidence going, discovery process, all sorts of interesting things that would uh, throw up a lot more facts. Uh, anyway, the report back from the parties concerned just the other day to the court system was they was that they tried to mediate or gone into mediation to try to agree a settlement on the civil action by the Steiners against eBay and a bunch of other people. Um, but they'd not reached agreement on the, the matter or indeed any, any part of the matter. So it sounds like, and obviously I, I don't know what was happening in that room, but it sounds like really very little progress was made. So I don't know whether that was just both parties perhaps taking an opportunity to see uh, what happened with the criminal case to then decide how to proceed with the civil case. But at the moment, it looks like there's no agreement. So that's heads one step closer to uh, coming to court, which I don't think will ever happen. I don't know. It would be interesting to watch, Sherry. It would be one of the uh, more interesting cases to, to watch, part more so than Miss Hurd, I suspect. But uh, um, we, I will, think uh, I we might, will see. Yeah, I might have to watch that if that, if that goes That'd be down. Must, but must see hopefully... Viewing. Uh, so we'll see what happens on on that one. We will keep you uh, keep you abreast of, situ of developments. Uh, it's all posted to the uh, public record on the court system, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that and let you know if anything changes. Uh, we've got some uh, jewelry changes going on as well, right? Yeah. So there's an upcoming change in jewelry categories. So for fine jewelry, for that category, they've always been very strict about that, actually, because I have listed quite a bit of jewelry. But now they're not going to allow enhanced gemstones, um, jewelry with enhanced or man-made gemstones in the fine jewelry category that will go in the fashion jewelry. I'm happy about that because I have uh, occasionally sell a wedding ring, an engagement ring, dim diamonds or mm -hmm. um, other fine jewelry like um, something with sapphires and the enhanced and man-made gemstones is really flooding and diluting that whole area and i feel like it just for even people who want to shop and aren't that familiar with how to weed out those um i think that makes it harder to sell genuine gemstones or jewelry's mm -hmm. genuine mm -hmm. gemstones so i'm glad about this um, that way, I just feel like it'll be less diluted and easier to sell fine jewelry. Good. 
Good for that. And also yeah. uh, in the news this week, I, I guess most of us that still have some PayPal accounts got a letter from PayPal talking about changes to their legal agreements. It's one of those brief two-paragraph things. It's, oh, we're just changing our legal agreements. You don't need to worry about it. No need to look up the details. <laughs> Take our word for it. Um, I, I beg to differ somewhat because this is uh, their implementation of what they kind of teased a, a little while back. And I think a lot of us do tend to use PayPal around the edges a bit for certain situations or maybe selling elsewhere. So it's I, I mention this because I think it's still pretty active as, a, as a, a payment system for many of us. And what they're doing now is unbundling the seller protection pretty much from the core product and putting that um, out as a separate chargeable item. So now for your PayPal commission, you don't get uh, chargeback protection and not receive protection, that kind of stuff, as I understand it. Um, you can opt, opt into that and pay an extra 0.6%, 0.8% to receive that. But by default, you don't get that, or at least if you, if you do get it, you're paying for it. So effectively, it's a price rise, significant price rise, I think, uh, by PayPal for what on a like for like basis, so you know. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I, 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 was but I say, want to I add def something. Definitely, uh, I would have a little read of that because you may decide that like, my my position, for example, is I don't use PayPal as a matter of course now, uh, except on a, a very special individual case basis. And for example, I had someone from Germany and says, "Well, that's the only way that that our company makes payment internationally." Um, so. Okay, well, fine. I'll use PayPal uh, for that, but as a rule, I I'm getting off PayPal for the situations where I might have used it before. Oh, and I'm wondering if this changes this other aspect because with PayPal, I do use it when someone buys something that I have sold, other than on eBay, um, and sometimes for significant amounts of money. But I also use it to send people money, and I always make sure that I say I'm sending it as a friend um, mm -hmm. so that that person isn't charged. Because if I send it saying I'm purchasing something or it's a business transaction, then they're charged. So I wonder if that's still happening because there's, they are making money when they offer them protection for me to send them money. And that's the, yeah, that's the other the if you, if you say it's a personal friend and it's a personal transaction, mm -hmm. uh, you can't dispute that transaction for not as described or not received. Right, and um, there's no fee as far as I can tell to do. That's to my send understanding. That that's the way it is at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, at the moment. So I'm wondering if there if that's going to change at all or that's going to remain untouched. Mm, okay, I don't I don't think that's changing this round. Uh, but again, if you know more than we do, and that's not very uh, <laughs> difficult to know more than Doesn't we do, take then much. Uh, do get in touch with us. This is uh, our website. It's to sell, sell, sell dot online. That's sell, sell, sell dot online. Uh, our name's uh, Philip Jackson, Sherry Smith. We are full-time eBay sellers. For example, Sherry is uh, based in Colorado. She's uh, does a lot of uh, consignment work and um, is uh, always busy keeping in touch with what's going on with eBay. Yes, and Philip, he says he started selling on eBay in 1974, which is debatable, yeah. but he went full-time 12 years ago. That seems to be true. And he sells professional electronics, which helps him avoid the small chat he might have to deal with in selling to the general public. 
that's very true. Uh, we'll find out about the uh, new eBay listing workflow in just a minute. Do you have an eBay listing that isn't selling? Philip and Sherry want to help. They'll each make a couple of suggestions for things to change or try to get your sales moving. Just send us your item number and we'll get to work. www.sellsellsell.online What do you have to lose? Experts are standing by. That's www.sellsellsell.online so this um, new eBay listing flow, I think most of us have encountered it uh, at least as an option on the uh, on the listing uh, site uh, when you place a listing. And it's interesting to me because they seem to be struggling with this uh, thing. And I don't know how you thought it went on the seller check-in call the other day, Sherry, but they seem to be floundering a little bit with this particular topic. I think that anytime someone who's a long-time seller is forced to do something new, they get a little grumpy about it. Um, so I've, if that's what you're talking about, as far as how people are responding, um, I think they're a little bit frustrated and don't like it as much, but I wonder if that's just because it's a change and it's something everyone Well, it's a complicated use. project, and I have some sympathy for the people that are trying to do this. Um, as I understand it, they, they call it the unified listing flow. I think the project name is Helix. And from eBay's point of view, you could understand why the product guys want to work on this because right now you've got, you can list on iOS and Android and then on the web platform, you've got the business kind of flow, you've got the C2C, the small seller flow. And these are all different ways of doing things. So they have to sit down and train every customer service rep on potentially four permutations of helping someone get something listed. And I assume there's four sets of code, four sets of machines. Um, you know, it's it's complicated. And wouldn't it be nice if you were, you know, being paid by eBay to, to increase the profits of the company by coming up with a one-size-fits-all solution? And I guess that's what they've been tasked to do. And, and I have some – I can see the objectives and I understand um, what they're trying to do. And they can also take advantage of all the – accumulated data that eBay has to try and guide people through the listing process and make the best choices rather than just leaving people to use their best skill and judgment. So it's a, it's a challenging project. I, I think they kind of make a bit of a meal of it when they, they present to sellers. We've seen this thing a couple of times now. I don't think the presentations have been that slick, to be honest. And I don't think that helps them. And as you say, people are skeptical of change and they think, well, this is not going to be mm -hmm. good for sellers. And, you know, for example, a lot of what they're trying to do is simplify the screens because obviously this has to appeal to people at the beginner end of the scale as well as the advanced seller. So a lot is hidden behind sort of supplementary pop-up boxes and stuff that you complete as you go through. And that's... Uh, kind of going in the opposite direction from what I guess the serious sellers want because they like really busy screens. You know, if you look at things like 6-bit and I use Wonderlister, from I remember a 6-bit, these are quite complicated screens with lots of information that you can review. But as a frequent seller and a frequent lister, I can see everything at one go. I need to see it at one time. I can just see everything's right. I haven't got to keep clicking things open and seeing what options are set out of view it's everything's there in front of me so it's kind of a bit of a poison chalice to some extent to try and get this thing right and they don't seem to do a good job of presenting it the presentations 
tend to get off to a pretty slow start as they try and get the graphics working and stuff. And, you know, if I was a product manager, and they had, they had what, 500 people on, a, on, a, on that call the other day, which is quite a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, they have a thousand sometimes on these, these seller calls. You know, I'd like to think I'd be a little bit slicker about it, but, you know, that's just me. And also, I think one of the things they struggle with, and this is one of my comments I, I seem to make a lot, is that I think eBay struggles that they don't have enough people within the product organization, the people that run the sort of listing and bidding platform, that actually have experience of, of doing this full time or even seriously. And that really means they struggle, I think, to see things from the serious seller's perspective. And I, I, I think that doesn't help them. And when they turn up at these calls and do their presentations, I don't think someone's gone through it with them beforehand and said, okay, well, that's all very well, but you're not looking at it from the point of view of the seller. So yeah, I, I, as, a, as a former product person, I can understand what's on their piece of paper, their side of the table. But that's all meaningless to me as a seller. You know, they have to find a way of, of communicating this stuff in a way that, that attracts a seller and makes them think this is worthwhile. And there are some good things in there. It, it would certainly be nice to have, make it easier to train someone. I mean, you, you have people, Sherry, that work for you. Um, it'd be nice to have someone you could train someone on any of these things. They'd know, you know, if they went from the, the, the phone to the desktop, exactly how the, each one would work, having learned one. Yeah, it'll be great if that it is ever all mm -hmm. uniform. Because you're right, right now it's all quite different. And also, they don't really sell uh, the artificial intelligence piece of it, which is all about trying to help you make a better business decision as to whether I do, should I really research this item specific? Is it important? Is it worth the business investment of time to figure that thing out? Well, they tell you that, but, and that's, in theory, a good thing for you as a seller to understand, but they don't really sell that as being a business benefit to us. So yeah. I, 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 it, it disappoints me because they, they're struggling with this and it, and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be as complicated as they make it. It's interesting. They do a lot of um, focus groups and for products before they roll them out. So I'm wondering if they did that with the listing tool to this point, I mean, I have well, all kinds. I don't of, know. I, couple, I like it, but I have a couple things that I would definitely tell them would be better if they were different. And my experience of of developing these kind of things is that as a product manager, you do ninety nine point nine percent of it. You couldn't possibly bring people in off the street and spend enough time with them that they would design the thing from the ground up for you. You, you bring them in to make sure you've not left a few banana skins lying around that you're going to slip up on. But realistically, you sit down with the developers in a room for a month on the whiteboard and you hammer out every single single button, exactly what it does, all the things that come up, all the combinations of things that happen together. And, you know, that's just part of your day job to go off and do that. And I think it's you're reliant upon the experience and the skill of the person concerned on the product side who's writing these requirements to get that right. And my pet peeve is that if you look at the ads that eBay runs for, for people that will do this work, having had any kind of tangible experience of, of selling stuff is just not on the list of even the nice to haves. And it's a shame. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'd like to see more sellers applying for gigs in eBay and hopefully getting, getting appointed because I think that every product team should have someone 
who you know at least one person who's who's done this now as part of the uh focus effort they are hiring you know these general managers these different groups oh i think they are going out to industry and trying to find people that actually have for example run a part shop or worked on worked on cars rather than a oh, bunch wow. of html whiz kids uh, who don't really understand that and and yeah. you know you you see some of these guys at when they do you know ebay open in las vegas and they clearly understand the industry that, that they're trying to appeal to and they need more people like that and i think that if they if they made that a higher priority they wouldn't struggle so much um trying to get something like this off the ground because i just think that there is a lot of there's a good story but they're hiding it because they don't they can't look at the issue from the other end of the pipe they look at it from their end of the pipe but when it comes to communicating with sellers they they struggle and i think that's that's uh, a problem with them hiring in their own image and not having a diverse team of people with a combination of, of IT skills, but also people with practical online selling skills. That's, to my mind, what, yeah. what they're lacking. Yeah. Anyway, get that off my chest. Thank you very much, okay. indeed. Uh, we'll, we'll, see how they're, we'll see how they're doing. Uh, but yes, they do research, but it's usually late, late in the development process, and they've usually got some pretty fixed ideas at that point. And yeah. they spend a lot of money, and they're not going to go back to square one. So um, there we are. Uh, also, um, I, this week, there's a kind of a goofy story that was out there about some, some guy selling a safe, right? Yeah, so a California guy who's been selling for, I think, 15 years, um, sold a safe that was locked, and as is, no returns, um, and he sold it for $122.93. He says he shook it and didn't sound like anything was in there. I wonder what the shipping on a safe would be. <laughs> yeah, that'd be heavy. I wonder if it was under 50 pounds or under 60 pounds. So the buyer in Bartlett, and I looked, Bart, there's a Bartlett, Tennessee. Is this uh -huh. a person in the U.S. who bought it? Uh, yeah, I think it's a U.S. story. Okay, so it says Bartlett. Okay. Um, he bought it and had a welder cut it open and says he found $26,000. So let's let's believe that's true. I, it it okay. sounds to me like the story of that guy that landed the airplane with no no flying experience that was on the news. That was true, yeah. right? I I think he had a lot more experience than he fessed up to on the day. But there we go. You are. do? Oh, because yes. I saw that. Okay, they they definitely played it up that he def he had no experience at all. Oh yeah, the news people f went with the story, but um, you. Uh, you know, uh, no flaps landing straight down the center of the runway, no problems whatsoever. Most skilled pilots would struggle to do that. I mean, so anyway, we're off topic, but uh, anyway, that okay. was another, another, another thing that set the crap detector off. Anyway, okay, so, so let's, let's take let's... it as read. This is a legitimate story. And what was the debate? People, people were saying he should give the money back or something? Uh, yeah, well, even the seller said he should give him, they had a quite an email exchange and said he should give him half of it at least. Uh, but the buyer was citing the fact that he says he's selling it as is, no returns. Mm -hmm. I can understand that thinking. I just, I know personally, maybe for my own conscience, I'd have, I'd want to give him some just so I could cross that off my conscience list. But otherwise, I, I mean, he did sell it as is and unopened. Mm -hmm. What do you think? 
I well, I, I I would say well, the contract is the contract. The contract is you you bought it with the contents. You're under no obligation. I wouldn't even be under moral obligation. I think to give him any of his money back if it was me. Um, I mean, I, the, the way I think that sometimes it's helpful to look at these things is look at the other way round. What would it be if it was upside down? Would your position be exactly the same? So let's say, let's take a silly example. There's this safe, right? And I crack open the safe with my blowtorch, and inside there's like a whole canister of nuclear waste or botulism or asbestos dust or something that was actually had negative value that would cost me a fortune to get rid of. If I then contacted the seller and said, excuse me, you owe me a bunch more money, a bunch of my refund because you, I, I discovered all these problems with that safe you gave me, the guy's going to say, no, Squire, that, that's not true. You, you bought the thing as is, surely. So to my mind, you know, these things, the contract is the contract. And, you know, having that's a second, a second guess point. after the fact, after the results are known is, is unrealistic. Good point. And would you ever sell a safe unopened? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly if it was a pickup item, it'd be, you know, I'd have to haul that down to the dump or something. It'd be for a hundred bucks just to get rid of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. If someone came around, if I was just taking up space and I yeah. didn't now, want to spend the money. Now, would you do that? To... <laughs> would you do that now that you read yes. this story? Yes. Okay. I, if, it, if I found $26,000, I, would, I wouldn't have put it on social media or whatever the guy did, or I would just keep that very, very quiet. For yeah. tax purposes and nothing else, I would keep that very, very quiet, which yeah, is, why I think, I, this is why I think there's a certain amount of crap detection going on here. Cause I think, that is suspect, the fact that he even told the seller. So there we are. And, and to be honest, this is the sort of thing the, that I do every day to some extent is – I take chances on stuff because I have a hunch that this, whatever it is I'm buying, is a better version or model than the guy listing it says it is. Because I can look at certain items and I know if I can see the top cover, for example, if there's a screw in that hole in the cover, that's mounting something inside that tells me it's the upgraded model. And his description is under-describing it. And no, I don't offer him a check afterwards when I confirm that and here's your extra money. No, I don't know. I just, I just bank the proceeds. Right, because that, and that's the point. If he's not going to put in any work to determine what model number it is mm -hmm. or do any, I mean, then that's the agreement. That's why he's getting less money because he doesn't put anything into it. So I think we are kind of both, you're, you're, you're maybe a, a token refund. I'm saying not a dime. I actually, after hearing what you said, I'm I'm along. I'm going along with you. All right, very good. Okay, so that's the uh, safe. What would you do? You can uh, email us at uh, sell 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 dot online. Uh, contact information is there. You can find out about our little stores, and uh, maybe that'll trigger a question or two. You're very happy, welcome to write in with any questions, and we'll do our best to to answer those. Uh, also, uh, uh, it's a shame eBay's closed something down this week, and I, I yeah, I think it was a useful thing. Once a week, Sherry, uh, they used to do a uh, on the community boards like an "Ask Us Anything" chat session, just for an hour on a Wednesday afternoon. And I'm sure there was a handful of people that made sent in lots of stuff, but it was a very good way. I think it's one of those forums where, as a seller, if you wanted to get something off your chest or ask a question or find out about something, it was just one way you could do it. And the people that were manning that uh, from eBay, the customer service uh, people, were, I think, extremely good. And 
really knew their stuff and could pretty much answer most things straight away or with a bit of research come up with a good answer. And so eBay's announced that's now gone. Um, and instead it's a, a weekly themed discussion. And, you know, it's with some sadness. I think that it was... I used to go, after they shut the conversation down, just look through what people have talked about. I see email you share examples of stuff that people yeah. posted. Because it was a good way of getting some sort of barometer as to what, what where the issues were. For example, this discussion about the why they're struggling with this list, new listing flow. I, I personally wouldn't have thought about that because I don't... I use a, an application, so I, it wouldn't have come to my attention. But I see all these comments. Oh, well, that's interesting. That's something that's obviously people are struggling with. And it's kind of, I think, a, a bit of a a trend that, that seems to be going on with... They, they're closing down a lot of these things where people can say what they think or ask questions because uh, on the seller check-in calls, they've moved the question and answers out of the sort of chat now to a separate question and answer thread. So there's 500 people on a call, but and you can ask questions that they say they'll take a question in anything, but the only person who sees your question is you, and the only person who sees the answer to that question is you. So really they're kind of making it harder for you to see what other people are, are, are thinking of or what's bothering them. And to me that's a, that's a loss. Yeah, I, I agree, but I also think it's partly just because some people get so negative and, I don't know, I feel like accusatory even. Um, That's the best bit, though, isn't it? Because then people, people pile on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's contagious. So I can understand trying to um, guide the conversation in a more I, it's it's, way. it's difficult. I I can un, I can understand why eBay may say, well, anything when our brand's up on the screen, we want nothing negative. We want no, no, no complaining. You know, we will take all that in a private conversation, and we want to be super happy and positive. You know, but we're all grown ups, and you know, I think that's that's part of what we do, and uh, it's it's. It's difficult, for, I think, for sellers because we live in our basements and our workrooms and we don't interact with that many people quite often. And this is a chance to kind of see if other people in our tribe share our views or what other people are worried about. And I think that's 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 part of understanding whether you're, you're, you're suffering alone or whether you're part of a group of people that have the same issues. And I think it's important. And I don't think people you know, expect eBay to necessarily fix everything. But I think it's an important opportunity that you get a chance to to, to vent and say what's on your mind. And they, they're shutting all these things down. I think that's a loss. Okay, fa well, fairness, I wonder... If you, mm. I, I just wonder if uh, people... For me, it's a little bit of a shock, like, when I see the way someone words something. Like... If I wanted to express something about the new listing tool, I'd say I'm excited, because I am, that there's the ability to add a video for times when that would be helpful. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited at the idea that it can be uniform across platforms. But um, in the shipping section, it's confusing that to add another shipping method, you first have to select international or domestic, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's one way to say that. I'm not saying I have to say all the great things first. But uh, 
as opposed to like, what the heck are you doing with this new listing tool? You don't mm -hmm. even, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I just, I, I think it would be nice if uh, people just talked the way that they want to be talked to. Mm -hmm. Am I going to offend everybody? I don't know. I, I mean, there's still there's still the, the the sort of chat, and what's happened is the questions end up just going in the chat. Yeah, because <laughs> that's that's true. I mean, people they don't really want the answer, do they? They just want to see if other vent. people. Well, they want to vent and they want to see if other people feel the same as them. Okay. Yeah. And that's fair enough. Uh, I just yeah. don't think trying to close that down is really helping anything. Yeah, sure, if it gets completely out of hand, but uh, I think they just got to have a thicker skin. Okay, well, they have a thicker skin than I do. Well. <laughs> Keep that in mind. I'll bear that in mind. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, we uh, spoke a while back, Sherry, about uh, the uh, the fun and games you have sending stuff to Chile, which is a very, very brave move, because I don't think many of us would send to Chile, Brazil, Nigeria. Where are those other countries that people generally... Russia, there's not a blacklisted one. Oh, that I definitely would not ship to. But um, I did see something recently sell to Zambia, so I'm not sure about that. Oh, my goodness. That's not the one time I think I'd probably think about buying insurance. Yeah, I don't think you can buy insurance. No, I was going to find finding anyone that's taking that risk on your behalf is going to be tough, I think. Yeah, I guess from previous experience, I had blocked Brazil, and I never thought to block Chile. Just I hadn't had a bad experience. Mm -hmm. I hadn't had probably any. But um, so this package that I shipped with eBay, Standard International, the person didn't receive it. They opened a claim with eBay. I opened a insurance claim um, through eBay's system. I actually never heard back from that. And mm -hmm. then when, and it, this is from March. So just to recap on the details, how much money we're talking about here? Um, we're talking about a pair of pants that sold for like $135. Oh, so okay. So we're over decent. 100 because yes. Standard International is a $100 insured value, right? Right. So, so it's that could be 35 would... in the hole on this. Right. Um, and it was weird. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is Chile and this is going eBay, Send International. Um, and... Um, never received tracking. What was the tracking saying? Did it say tracking was said it was delivered or tracking just died halfway through? What was the story there? Traffic, I mean, tracking died halfway through, so uh -huh. just went silent. Um, and then uh, when they opened the claim and I opened the K thing with the insurance, I realized I never heard back from them and it had been two months. And then last week I received a package and it said RTN service on it. So return service. And I'm, I don't see any buyer's name on it. The from address was within the US. And I'm thinking like, what is this mystery package? I open it and the only way I could identify what it was or who it was from is by looking up the brand so thankfully, I didn't sell a lot of this brand in the last two months. And then it brought up the person in Chile, and I thought, oh, it's from hmm. this. So and it wasn't now it's your back. original packaging had disappeared. Someone had repackaged yeah. it. Yeah. All your old whatever slip you had inside there that said what it was had disappeared. I don't include packing slips. Okay, no, I don't either. Quite often, but, uh, okay. Okay, so they cut. Yeah, interesting. And... 
didn't Did have you... my original shipping label on it unless okay. it's under theirs which is possible and did did you know if they charged you for the shipping? Did they did you pay com the final value fees? Are you out of pocket on this deal, or that's another well, mystery we don't know about? <laughs> I looked that up, and ah. I am not seeing any charge for shipping at all. Okay, and I'm seeing that, and I'm, I'm not seeing any charges to me at all. Okay, so it looks like I'm not out the shipping or final value fees. Well, I think you got off lightly, to be honest. I know. I, I, really <laughs> I was going to have a sweepstake on the program about how much of your shirt you were going to lose on this particular deal. <laughs> um, I, I thought that sounds like 35 would have been a definite definite loss, and maybe 135 plus shipping would have been quite a likely outcome. But uh, there we are. Yeah. Well done. That was lucky. See, so eBay had your back. Uh, I hate to say that, but it does seem to be the case on this particular situation. I, I see. I told you how great eBay is. Oftentimes, I think months. these things hit <laughs> a snag at the custom stage, um, and then they get sent back to you for some. I had one that came back for no obvious reason. I just put it, sent it back to the guy this time via first class international rather than send international. And it went through fine. So I don't know what they were doing, but sometimes some Nimrod in the system says, "Oh, that's not allowed under customs," and it comes back to you with no explanation. Yeah, um, I've seen that when I shipped to Brazil in the past, mm -hmm. and. The person's like, what happened? And now it's been over six weeks. Actually, I think it was three months later I got the package back, but that was with U.S. priority, USPS priority. Mm. And well, it, it was my original packaging. It just had a stamp, return mm -hmm. to sender, mm. and something about customs. Yes. So well, at, at least, least that, that supports my general happen. theory of these things is that stuff is very, very rarely lost. Delayed, yes. Ultimately coming back six months later, yep. But yep. completely lost, disappeared nowhere. That's incredibly rare. I so, don't think I've had that experience. No. I don't well, think yeah. I've had anything disappear without coming back. Okay, so well done. <laughs> Thanks. You got away with it. Good job. Yes. Um, also, I don't know whether you you, I mean you you buy stuff on eBay like me. I think and. I just get so many people writing to me with here's here's a coupon to use in my store. Is that gone? Is that a thing now? Well, what eBay's now enabled is that we can send coupons in bulk. In before we had to select oh, uh, the previous buyer one by one, which took me hours one day. Well, oh. now I can select. Uh, all buyers by buyer groups, and the only buyer group available right now is by time. If they've purchased in the last 31 days or last 90 days, you can select a time range and then send it to hundreds or thousands. Um, actually, I don't know if there's a limit or what it is, but I sent it to, I think, a thousand people. They don't seem to have, at least as far as I can tell, a limit as to how many of these things a buyer can receive. I guess if you opted into marketing message, you, you get all of the all of the sellers that want to sell you something you get their you get their coupon because i've got tons of them coming through now oh wow i went through a bit of a blitz of buying some clothes not sure why long story <laughs> um and i think clothing people are into coupons more than the industrial types yes. so yeah. um, i'm getting tons of these things coming through now I don't know, maybe it's just my system. It, the, that message doesn't render very well on my system. It's very hard to see who it's from or what it is, and there's usually nothing very specific I can see that they're trying to sell me. But I think that's just an email 
technology issue. Um, so you have to then figure out who it's from, go to their store. Did I buy something from this person? I have no idea what's going on. It's a little primitive. Um, oh, you know, shoot. Um, it's a little haphazard. I nothing against it. Um, don't, I'm not offended by it. I've opted in to receive marketing messages, so I'm not, I'm not anti it, but I, I tend to delete them, to be honest. I don't tend to, unless it really does somehow, like the name of the store is really interesting to me. I think, oh, well, I'll, I'll, and, and also the difficulty is, I guess from a buyer's point of view, the, the, the discount they give you doesn't stack with anything else that you may negotiate. Oh, I think it's in addition. I don't, well, I'll, we'll, have a, we'll, have a, we'll have, we'll have a research on a that showdown? and we'll get back to you next week and uh, okay. someone's going okay. to <laughs> someone's gonna be humble pie on this, but the, uh, let's say they give you a 20% coupon. Well, pretty much everybody in these kind of haggle categories offer does does best offers. I won't give you my thoughts on that. Um, and so, really, if I wanted something, I'd probably be going through the best offer thing reluctantly. Um, so the coupon thing is kind of I don't know. So, well, I think you made a good point when you said, and you're not sure who it's from, because I think this is effective for me for buyers who recognize my seller name mm -hmm. uh, because I have some buyers that are repeat buyers and we know each other on eBay. And I think when they see one from me, then they'll come look and see if I have this certain brand uh -huh. in stock. And they might even let me send them an offer and then use it on top of that. But you and I are gonna figure this out if this is so the, uh, the case. The guy from used junk for you store probably is not going to be getting many many hits on that basis <laughs> yeah no <laughs> all right so that's the uh, plethora of ebay coupons do you send out coupons do you find them useful is this totally gone mad has the system completely gone crazy let us know sell 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 dot online for your comments and uh, lastly i noticed this week sherry that uh, the ebay vault is appearing here and there on the site yeah so it's starting to appear on seller hub so will this be as big as eBay hopes? I spent a lot of money on a box to make me sound like I'm in the eBay vault. Oh, wow, you are. How is it in there? Is it It's is very it empty in here. There's no shelves, just a light in the corner. That's all there is. But apparently there's lots of collectibles coming in and some trading cards and other exciting things that I can play with in the vault. Okay, don't ever call me and use that feature because I might get... <laughs> I might get a little bit scared. All right. So that's uh, the eBay vault. Uh, lots of uh, exciting things expected uh, from uh, eBay on that. I looked at the analyst's response to the uh, investor day thing, and there was quite a lot of skepticism as to whether this was going to be the, uh, the big thing that eBay was hoping for. But in the firmament of eBay, building a warehouse is not a huge expense. So uh, I guess it's worth a punt, as we would say. I'm and betting it's time it'll for go those, big. Time for those immortal words. There's our music, which means that the show has just about got to the point where it started to get interesting, and we're going to close it down right now. So this is uh, Philip and Sherry saying thank you very much indeed uh, for your time. Uh, do join us again next week for more. Uh, you can check us out in the meantime at our website. That's sell, sell, sell dot online. Sell, sell, sell dot online. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. And this is Fake Announcer Guy saying, see you next time. He's so fake. I think he's sincere. <laughs> <laughs>